to our third take of recording this podcast because I forgot to hit record twice in a row, and we've been doing this for three hours, so hopefully it's as entertaining as it was the last two times. I'm Nate, that's Tony. We're going to be recapping Wildcard Weekend, and we're going to be going over the coaching carousel that's happening in the NFL. But first, as always, Tony, top of mind for you. What is top of your mind? Coming out of this gracious, glorious weather we had this last weekend here in Colorado. Just couldn't think of a better use of three hours of my time uh, recording this show twice without it being actually recorded. Uh, but for me, top of mind, for the third time, kids clogging toilets. I don't know how it happens so often. I know you can relate, but it does. And my secondary AFSC uh, job code for the noners out there is now officially or has been uh, toilet unclogger. Not even proper English, but that is how distraught I am. When did you have to unclog a toilet? Last night, tonight, recently. <laughs> <laughs> were you were you lucky enough to only have to use a plunger? Plunger, fortunately, I know others aren't as lucky. God. My six year old daughter clogged the toilet uh, going into the weekend. Went to go plunge it. It was fucking stuffed, and it was right at the uh, the choke point, the trap oh, area. God. And so I went out and I got an auger like the next day because it was like freezing cold. It was late at night. I was like, I'm not going to Lowe's right now. Whatever. I'm going to let and see if this water just like pushes it out throughout the night or whatever like that didn't happen. So the next day I go to Lowe's, get an auger, but I got one of those rotary ones. Cause I was like, this will probably work really good. Right. And you put it down there or whatever. Yeah. No. Cause you can't get pressure. Like those are really just made for like regular pipes, like through your shower or something like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I just looked up like, what's the best way. And it's like auger get there. And I'm like, Oh, that one looks cool. 25 bucks down the drain but not really down the drain because I couldn't get it down the damn drain. So I have an auger and it's not like you can return that thing. You just push it down a whole toilet full of shit water. So I, <laughs> no, I shut worked, no, don't tell wor- me, <laughs> don't tell me you return them. I worked at home Depot uh, in a previous life. Uh, and I worked in RTV. That's like the returns. So we didn't do returns, but we dealt with them. Yeah. We got more than one. Oh, that's so gross. We got more than one. Oh, that's disgusting. So, it's so gross taking that thing out of the toilet because there's only one way to get it out of the toilet. That's with your damn hands. And I'm out of gloves. So I was washing my hands a lot this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And then um, so I ended up going. I was like, fuck it, whatever. Like, I'm going to try all kinds of different shit. So uh, rule number one, don't put Drano down your toilet. It doesn't work. All it does is make like your bowl more slippery because it just sits to the the end of it and it doesn't actually go down or whatever so there's something doesn't do a good job or whatever like that i tried dish soap because i read something about oh dish soap will help like lube the sides of it so when you plunge it's more likely to come out problem is dish soap makes your plunger fucking move so you can't get a good plunge mm-hmm. i don't know what's going on right so i finally like look up like what's the best auger for a toilet right and then you had told me about these ones that like push water pressure down. Those are pretty cool, but it was going to take me like four days to get one off Amazon. So I go back to Lowe's. I'm looking for another one in, uh, let's say it was about negative 23 degrees, uh, mm. feels like here in Colorado. And I get this one that has like this big pipe essentially. And then the, the snake thing goes down it, but you add pressure to it as you're spinning it like a charm, dude, mm. 12 bucks. Got it. Got the little, like the lightweight one or whatever like that. Work like a charm. The only thing is that thing's like three and a half feet tall. So now you're, now you got to like put, I had to put it in the bathtub after. Cause I was like, I'm not carrying this thing down when it's dripping wet. And cause it's upstairs, get that, get it that done. 
get it out in the garage after I clean it up and everything like that. And now I got to go wash a bathtub because I just had a shit pipe in the bathtub <laughs> so my kids could take a fucking bath. But, yeah, I feel you on that one. I definitely mm-hmm. feel you on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, top of mind for me, one, we had the worst weather I've ever been in my life. In, in my life. Man. And um, that is comparable to what 138 degree like raw temperature in the middle east while it feels like 147 somewhere around that right in the middle yeah. of, you know when you're like back when you're serving the country <laughs> doing defending, the lord's per, work defending our freedom no big yeah. deal protecting our borders um <laughs> <laughs> it's election season i gotta get all this stuff oh piped in so that when it transcript hits maybe <laughs> some like QAnon dude clicks on the video and actually likes football um because it'll you know, they'll be looking for that defending the borders, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, showing up to the middle East in the middle of June, not, not a fun time. Uh, there was no temperature here this weekend, Tony, for a long time, for about a day and a half, I looked and it was either below zero regular temp or mm-hmm. actually zero, but feels like in the negative twenties. And it was super windy as someone who takes breathing treatments outside on the regular, let's just say throughout the day, it was miserable. I uh, spent about 30 minutes looking for gloves. Uh, I know I had a good <laughs> pair of gloves and I didn't know where they were. It turns out they were in a box somewhere in my garage. But so having to be in the garage that's connected to outside, which is negative 20 something degrees. Very cold. To look for gloves um, for the hands that are actually frozen while going through boxes and stuff. It really hurt bad. Terrible, but I'm committed. I was committed. Um, it feels good to be wearing shorts right now is what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> this is the first time I've wore, actually wore shorts, I would say, in probably like three months. Yeah. Like I haven't I... actually wore a pair of shorts. I've fallen in love with sweatpants, and I have a pair of like Ugg sweatpants because I heard some dude talking about them that I like listening to sports stuff. He's like, yo, these are so comfortable. And like he stood up on a stream and was like touching them and stuff. Don't recommend buying them. They're kind of expensive, mm-hmm. but they're probably the coolest thing that I own. And I wear those things all the time. It was, uh, so on my way to work this morning, the walk-in, I go in six, six thirty most days, mm-hmm. 30 degrees, 31 degrees. Yeah. Like the car said maybe some, some wind, right? So we'll, we'll say below 30. It was warm. I felt it was warm. Good. It felt really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After that cold front, we just had, man, that Arctic air can just get out of here. Don't need even, it. Y- even yesterday when we went back to work, uh, on the Tuesday or whatever like that, I think it was like right around feels like five degrees or something like that by the time i got in sun was out and i was like gee i don't even know if i need the jacket today like this is awesome and this is why i dislike colorado right now because um it's really screwing with me so if i decide to go to let's say disney in october Mm -hmm. um if my family's listening i'm not going to disney in october please don't hit me up to hang out um (laughs) (laughs) but and it's like, you know, 65, 70 degrees, mm-hmm. I'm screwed. I'm going to be sweating like a pig. Like, it's going to be terrible, but that's well, I, good. Well, just so you know, we're getting about a minute of daylight per day right now in January. It starts speeding up in February, and then I think in March we get about three minutes per day of sunlight. So you only have a few weeks of this crap left. Yeah. Uh, it should be getting better every day, as long as we don't get like a polar vortex or whatever the hell we're calling what just happened. Yeah, global warming. Um um yeah yeah maybe by march we'll have golden bronze tans tony from the amount of sunlight that we're getting my kids come back from the summer 
um, and they go to like Hawaii and stuff like that with their mom because that's where she's from originally. And they go out there for like two to three weeks or something like that. Sure. And they come back just looking like immigrant children from the Philippines because their mom's <laughs> Philippines. So they're like so dark, right? And they take the sun so well. And uh, all it all it does is like we just slowly degrade it to where they're completely pale <laughs> and look like mm-hmm. emo kids by the time summer comes. And then they go out there and, um, and then get some sun. But let's move on to the sports and recap. The games of the NFL Wild Card Weekend. We'll go in chronological order. Saturday, Texans 45, Browns 14. Joe Flacco reminds us why he was on the couch two months ago. Yeah, so didn't have a lot of guidance here. So I just have a point or two for each of these games. Uh, I, I agree, Joe Flacco. I think we talked about this on the last Picking Winners or the last recap. Yep. Like that, the glass slipper. The, the carriage was eventually going to turn to a pumpkin. It did. Uh, Houston, very young, very exciting team. Love, you know, what D'Amico Ryans, Bobby Sloak, and those guys are doing with all the young talent, a couple key veteran pieces there. Um, but, yeah, we, we probably should have seen the, the pumpkin carriage coming, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to me because the Niners played the Browns earlier in the year, right? And granted, it was like a torrential downpour rain game and all that kind of stuff, but the Niners fell to the Browns. But – I'm interested to see what happens this weekend with the Houston Texans when they face off with the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. because the Niners also played the Ravens and showed the Texans who has a coaching tree that came from the 49ers on what the blueprint is of what not to do, yeah. right? And it's the same system on the offensive and the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I think it showed us what Miles Garrett really ends up meaning to that Cleveland Browns defense because he was held in check by Larry Laramie Tunsil for the majority of the game and holding that dude in check exposed everything they had in the secondary, everything they had at the linebacking court. One dude that could make tackles for the Cleveland Browns and nobody else could. And it was awesome because it was like, I'm a big Nico Collins guy. If you go back to our, who do we want on our flag football teams, Tony? I was yeah. getting laughed off the face of the earth when I talked about, <laughs> yo, I want Nico Collins on my team. Five wide, baby. And, um, yeah, it looks pretty good right now. But a guy that I've had in Dynasty fantasy football and stuff like that, I was big on him and didn't mm-hmm. work out in year one. So, uh, good to see. But I'm interested to see what happens with the Texans when they play, uh, face off with Baltimore. So, yeah. um, maybe that's something that either – both of those teams kind of see, hey, we got, we run the same system. What worked? What did they do? What what do sure. we not do with it or whatever like that? I think you got to run the ball at the Baltimore Ravens, and I don't know if the Texans can do that, but it's going to be a fun game. Texans are nine and a half point dogs. Yeah. Moving on. Chiefs 26, Dolphins 7. Turns out that sea mammals, certain ones, Tony, are not made for <laughs> Arctic weather. That's why they go south. Yeah, we're not made for Arctic weather either. So get that no. Arctic air out of here. We're uh, pretty much dolphins. <laughs> we're we're pretty much dolphins. The smartest yeah, yeah, creatures yeah. in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Uh Miami at full strength may have made this matchup a little bit more even, but you know, we've talked ad nauseum about injuries um being kind of a natural part of the game. And every year there's a team that gets uh, you know, it's ceiling knocked down a story or two because of them. Uh, that, I think that's just the dolphins this year. It happens. Um it sucks. But I don't think they, in any way, shape, or form, we're going to win that game. I think the Chiefs had it uh, from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, 
sub-zero temperatures like we had here. They got the same weather. <laughs> it's only like eight hours away, right? So it's close, yeah. sounds like it's far, but when you're in the Midwest and uh, the actual Midwest, because it's like the yes. left side of the United States and not Ohio. The western side of the uh, United States, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not in the Middle East of the United States. Um, your temperatures and everything kind of just flows right through the middle of the country and it gets there quick. So yep. uh, feel bad for those dudes. It had to have sucked. People were crazy with their shirts off at these games, Tony. Oh, my God. I don't know why these guys do it with nothing on their skin. Like, <laughs> like I get that you want to be on television. Like, that's the best way to get on television, that's, right? That's the goal, yeah. But, Tony, you and me go to that Chiefs-Dolphins game, and we decide to take our shirts off. We have at Taco Corp Sports written across <laughs> our chest with the logo. At least brand would... yourself. You're getting free commercial airtime that costs other companies millions of dollars to get, and you're going to get it for free. Do something to promote something that you're doing. Yeah. Don't do it if you're, you know, I don't know what this guy does now for a living, but Jim Bob Cooter, who's over here changing motor oil at the Midas. Like, don't don't be that guy with your shirt off. Like, you can't capitalize on it. You're just freezing. Mm -hmm. You're freezing and your nipples hurt so fucking hard. And I know they hurt so hard because I go out in a thermal, at, like an actual, like, Under Armour style thermal, right? Heat mm -hmm. gear, a regular cotton thermal over that, a, a hoodie and a jacket just to rip a couple cigs for six minutes. And I'm fucking hard as a rock everywhere. It sucks. And Jesus I, Christ. I don't know if I would write it. I have a lot of hair. Um, some Italian. Oh, we could shave it. I'd have we to could shave, shave it. it. Or we could um we can get one of those uh hairstylists to like corn roll it, right? Oh dude, that'd be so sick. That'd be so sick. You look like Allen Iverson's head in, in the early two thousands on your chest, all the way down to your belly button. I think it's time to move on, Nate. The the O for Taco <laughs> Corp could be right on your belly button. It'd be so good, Tony. Oh my god. The, but in this game, um, you could tell the cold effect of both teams. Um, I don't think that it really sways one way or the other on, like, well, they're from Miami. Like, everybody's got to be in it, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's the same thing with any style of game. Um, it was interesting to see Nicole Harbin just quit on, like, a dime from Patrick Mahomes deep down the field. That would have been a touchdown. He's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's too fucking cold. Like, the wind chill is hitting me. I'm out. Like, yeah, that kind of sucks. Um, Patrick Mahomes' helmet. There's – there's one reporter cool. who got a really good capture of it as soon as it like broke off. So the piece is like an inch and a half away from it or whatever like that. It's a really cool photo that she ended up getting. That was pretty cool to see uh, a lot was being made of, you know, the helmet breaking and safety concerns. And the company comes out and just like, well, it did its job. <laughs> like, I don't know what you want to, I don't know what yeah. you want to say, you know, but, um, too many injuries for the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, their defense actually played pretty well for what they had to deal with injury-wise. Like, they have nobody on their defensive line. No pass rusher that was there. Linebackers. And they're just – they're pulling dudes from other teams' practice squads to play in an NFL playoff game. Like, guys, we don't even know the name. They're like, hey, uh, transfer portal. You're from Florida State. You're pissed <laughs> off. Don't want to win a bowl game. Come play for the Dolphins this week. We'll yeah, get yeah. you on a one-week contract. Um, you kind of feel bad for that team. But you wonder – what they're going to do going forward because there was no creativity out of that offense whatsoever. Like you can't keep throwing bubble screens and stuff behind the line of scrimmage when you're getting pressed like crazy and you can't get traction, right? Yeah. Like you got to do something over the middle of the field and they just didn't do anything with that. So uh, yeah, they're, they're outside of that one long play to Tyreek that the corner just kind of misread that yeah. did nothing. 
It's like a fluke play, game. and they have no power run game. The Miami Dolphins, this would be something to think about uh, going into next year, but they have no power run game, and I think that's what separates them from, like, the 49ers, right, when it's the same system, you know, whatever like that, same creativity. But the Niners are a power run team. They run they run zone primarily, but it is with force and, and actual, like, mm-hmm. beating you down up the middle and stuff like that. And the Dolphins are more so get to the edges and stuff like that. So yeah. uh, it's fun to watch, but it seems to not uh, pan out well when you get into the playoffs. Sunday, the Green Bay Packers. What is this, Tony? Uh, my eyes are bad. Is that 48 points by the Green Bay Packers? To the That's Cowboys, correct. 32. That is correct. It seems as if Jordan Love is kind of actually pretty good, and uh, that's not good for all of the stuff <laughs> that I predicted in the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah. 40, 48. And Cowboys number does say 32, but you could probably say it's about half that. A lot of that was mm-hmm. garbage time. But uh, Dallas, one of the, what would you say, two, maybe three uh, fraud teams that got the boot yep. wildcard weekend. But uh, LaFleur and Jordan Love, they look amazing uh and i love the wide receiver core we've <laughs> we've praised them uh on previous episodes and on the other show but it seems like they have like what four or five of those dudes yeah. on rookie deals all buying into what they're doing right with jordan love they can all kind of grow together but i know they're about to get bounced against san francisco go ahead please can knock on wood please or whatever don't. uh <laughs> but thank you uh green bay for dispatching the cowboys uh, we we all we all enjoyed that it's fun to watch. It's fun. It's entertaining just from the story standpoint, right? Three decades of not making it to yeah. the NFC championship game and all this kind of stuff. I thought that they were the biggest threat to the 49ers in the NFC. Sure. Um, just they have a vertical deep passing game and that's what the Niners, if you could just get the ball out of the hands of the quarterback, you could beat the Niners. Right. So, yeah. um, but the two turnovers in the beginning of the game by Dak Prescott really ended up hurting the team. Um, yeah. Dak's numbers are phenomenal. Good in-game betting stuff. This is why I like in-game betting and wa- actually watching the games because you could tell, yeah. okay, they're not running the football again. This dude's <laughs> going to throw it 50-plus times. He ended up throwing it 60 times, completed oh, 41 passes. So when you're sitting there in the second quarter and they're getting smoked, Dak Prescott's sitting there with like a, a completions over under of like 29 and a half. All he's going to do is throw it the rest of the fucking time. Take that. His over-under for passing yards at the beginning of the second quarter was 200 and I think it was 279 or something like that. And then he had over-under one and a half touchdown passes was like juice to hell, right? Uh, Over to get to two and a half um, or it was at one, two, three is what it was. But if you got to three, it was like plus 400 or something like that. So it's Mm -hmm. like. What else are they going to do? This They have a great passing attack, right? And you assume that if the Packers are smoking them still in the fourth quarter, they're going to get a garbage time touchdown here. You know, so take I took all of those type of things. It ended up being profitable. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, had to check it at your house because we were sitting there watching the Rams game. And I was like, hey, did he get over 300 yards? Because I hit like yeah. a alt for 300. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, he definitely did. But um, – the one thing that bothered me in this game is the Cowboys are down 18 points. They score a touchdown. They're mm-hmm. down 24. They score a touchdown. They get down 18. They go for two. They get called on a pick. So they get backed up. Mm-hmm. Now they're trying to go for two to get it to 16 because if they get a stop, go down, score a two-point conversion, right? Like you can get the tie. I still think that at that point you still have to go for two. I get that you're 20-something yards back. 
but you still have to go for two because yeah. what's the difference between 17 and 18? What, you're going to tie with three scores and a field goal? You'd hope that when you get to get into that point, you're just going to score a touchdown anyways. It's the playoffs. Yeah. And you're likely probably not going to get there anyway, so why not fucking go for it? I thought that was a bozo call. They end up missing the kick. They're down 18, so it's no different anyways than if they would have went for it. And granted, you don't expect that kicker to miss. Um, you know, that guy money. just doesn't miss. He's been money all year. But I thought that was that was the thing that I thought would get Mike McCarthy canned. Um, not so much them yeah. losing or anything like that. Turns out they're going to stay with him. Um, we'll talk about whether or not we think that is the right move or not going forward. Sure. But, um, but yeah, shout out to the Packers. They went in there and fucking boat raced the Dallas Cowboys. It was fun oh, yeah. to watch. You could see Jerry Jones making phone calls, throwing <laughs> shit in the booth. That was pretty awesome. Um, I, th- I don't think that people hate the Cowboys so much because of who the Cowboys are. They hate it so much because of how much the owner is in the press. Yeah. I don't like Jerry Jones at all. Cowboys fans. Cowboys fans don't like Jerry Jones. Same thing with Arthur Blank in in Atlanta too, right? Yeah. Like the dude's in the press. I don't want to see you down on the field or anything like that. Every maybe game, you're, every game he comes down. Maybe your GM, right, or something like that, goes yeah. on the field because that's part of the team. Just be the owner and own the team. Sit in your box yeah. and do your thing. But the yeah. dude's just always in the news talking about something. Mm-hmm. Put an AI computer thing so you in the stadium so you can like ask him questions and he'll answer based off of how Jerry Jones would answer questions. Get the nah, fuck out of here. But that dude's much. time's running out, and he's going to want to win a Super Bowl, so we'll see how that goes going forward. Yeah. Lions 24, Rams 23. Jared Goff is now the king of Detroit, according to the fans who stopped his car <laughs> as he left the stadium, Tony. Did they stop it to praise him or to, like, mug him? It, it's Detroit. He So Do he did know? have a driver. I don't know if this was his dad or whatever was driving, <laughs> driving a car from, but everybody stopped right outside the stadium mm-hmm. at a stoplight, and – you're the king of Detroit, Jared. <laughs> You're the king of Detroit. Right. And he's eating it all up and stuff like that. Um, shout out to Jared Goff. Uh, big fan of, of Goff here on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, well done. The I think the Detroit Lions were probably supposed to win that game. Uh, I'm a Rams fan. We watched the game here with another one of our friends, Brandon. Uh, they were in it till the end. They had a shot to win that game. Uh, maybe they made some blunders with play calling, uh, not going for it on fourth down, throwing the ball, you know, 10, 15 yards down the field. Puka mm-hmm. dropped it. Wasn't the best throw. Maybe, you know, I think we talked about it when you're over, like get half the yards on third down, get the rest on fourth down. Um, clock management, timeouts at the end. But so maybe some blunders there on Sean McVay and that staff, but they almost won the game. Like they were in it. So you respect it with a team that you and I both thought were be going to be like a six win team at best. Right. So I, I'm proud of the season sucks that they're gone, but now I can, you know, root for any other team other than the 49ers to win it. So that makes life a little easier. Sports talk radio hot take. I've been saying this all year (laughs) about Sean McVay and how terrible he is at coaching in the NFL. And it showed up in this game. One, it was like a tale of two halves. So you had the lions completely dominating in the first half and then they just couldn't score in the second half Mm -hmm. and the Rams dominated. So it's like the Rams should win this game. And they win this game if Sean McVay doesn't sit there. At the goal line, they're inside the three. What do they do, Tony? They throw fades to six-foot-tall wide receivers in the corners of the end zone over and over and over. And it's like, stop throwing it to the fucking white guy. He's not good. You have... 
the best rookie wide receiver that's ever played NFL football. Better than Jamar Chase. Better than Justin Jefferson. Better than anybody. More catches, more yards. And you took the middle of the season to throw it to the white guy when he came back after injury. This dude would have been probably the leading wide receiver in the NFL. That's crazy. He could have been close. Probably not close because that's like another 600 yards. I'm glad you mentioned that about the red zone. Uh, I think the Rams were down there three or four times. They yeah. didn't score a single touchdown from the red None. zone. Detroit, I think they were there three times. They scored every time. Yeah. So that's that's None. really the difference in the game, right? And then this guy decides to punt the ball with one timeout left. Yeah. Like two first downs, you're done, dude. Like, what are you doing? It's not like you had three timeouts and you go out there, okay, yeah. hey, we can make a stop. And if we get the first down, then, hey, we just got to make a stop or whatever like that, give us a chance to play. No, no you had one timeout. Know your opponent, right? Like, yeah. Like, what are they going to do? These guys are going to go for it. They're going to throw the ball. They might throw the ball in first, second, and third down, right? Like, that's just the kind of team they are. So, yeah. Uh, I think they threw it on like second and third down, I think twice yep. to get yeah. that uh, final first down. They got like yeah. two first downs to kill the clock. So, yeah. know your opponent. So, he kind of failed there as well. Yeah. It sucks, but. I think that Sean McVay lost him that game as opposed to the players on the field. I think that the Rams should be in this next round of the playoffs, but uh, we'll see how that gets changed up next year, whether or not Aaron Donald wants to play again, whether or not Matt Stafford wants to play again. I think he'll come back, but uh, did not not look uh, all that great um, at the end. So yeah, Monday day game rescheduled day game because they're, is a lot of snow and a lot of cold and nobody can get to the stadium in Buffalo because that lake produces so much wind and freezing oh ice everywhere. God. It wasn't even the stadium. That was a problem. It's just getting to the stadium. And so it's like a mad safety hazard for the entire like area of orchard park. When in Buffalo, actual Buffalo, it could be sunny in 75 orchard park. Fucking it looks like the North pole. Uh, Bill's 31 Steelers 17. Josh Allen in this game had a 52 yard run for a touchdown. That yard yardage, 52 yards, is 22 yards longer than any Lamar Jackson rush in the year 2023, Tony. MVP, is that what you're getting at? MVP? MVP. <laughs> MVP. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think Pittsburgh ever stood a chance to, to win that game, so not really a surprising result. Uh, I took a couple – I took Pittsburgh in a couple teasers, so plus 15. Um, they got there, so that's I'm happy about that. Uh, yeah. Outside of that. I think this was the expected result. Now we get Buffalo and Kansas City. So looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. Uh, it sucked that this game ended up going to the next day um, because I had the Steelers. I think it was like nine and a half. I had grabbed some tens beforehand mm-hmm. or whatever like that. But on pick of winners, we had nine and a half as a line. So I bet that as well um, to stay true to the show. Yeah. Uh, but as it moved to the next day, it's like, oh, that bet's dead. Like. I would never take that bet if it's like a a decent field. And the problem was the wind because the wind wasn't going to be there the next day, right? They were going to have those massive winds and stuff there on the Saturday or on the Sunday. So um, that's what I was looking forward to, but uh, didn't end up getting there. I took unders. I took unders all over the place. And how, like, I haven't seen this before where we rescheduled the game where there's 50 mile an hour gusts, blizzard conditions. Obviously, you're taking unders, right? Mm-hmm. Not even teasing them, just taking the unders when they were down in like the mid 30s, high 30s, kind of you know getting lower and lower as time you know went on. We found out more about the the system coming through there. Sports books, like I was, I was optimistic. I was like, oh yeah, they're just gonna give me those bets back, cancel my teasers and all that. 
they did not. Of course, none of them mm-hmm. hit. So I thought that was kind of uh, kind of shady on DK FanDuel's part. Yeah. So that still kind of chaps my ass a little bit because obviously you go to play in, sure, cold, sure, there's snow in the stadium, but there's no wind, right? It was optimal conditions for Josh Allen and friends. There's like, it's like 50-50 with some of these sports books where if the game is rescheduled to a new day, so the game has to play on the day that your ticket is there. Yeah. Um, where if it doesn't play on that day, then it's just voided, right? And MGM has that in their um, terms and terms of agreement yeah. or terms of service or whatever like that, right? Uh, but their like sportsbook lead for MGM came out on the X Twitter and was like, "Nope, all bets will stand," and everybody's just bullshit. screenshotting. Everybody's just screenshotting like these are your books terms of service. Yeah. Like, but because everybody's on these unders and stuff like that. They decided not to do it. There's going to be lawsuits out there because Dude, it's bullshit. Um, this, so we talked about it on our show, the other show, that started at 43 and a half. Mm-hmm. The day before the game, we were at 33 and a half. Yeah. We all assumed there were going to be wins in yeah. a blizzard. So I, I hate it so much. And Yeah. So those bets were dead. I ended up betting the Buffalo side um, like right at – Right in the first quarter, you kind of kind of see it or whatever like that. I just bet the Buffalo money line to hedge out of everything and just basically break even. So yeah. laid a bunch to to get out of it, but um, there you go. not fun to do, man. Not fun to do, and it feels crummy, but it is what it is. Buccaneers thirty two, Philadelphia Eagles nine. Uh, per sources, Tony uh, Nick Sirianni still hasn't gotten over the Colts firing Frank Wright, and it showed this last Monday night. <laughs> yeah. Uh- why, why did we not see this coming? We both took Philly uh, to win in the Picking Winners episode last week for the wild card round. Surely they could beat this it. team. <laughs> Surely they could beat a team who beat they, Carolina 9-0. Yeah, yeah. Famous last words, right? I think we those words came up verbatim from maybe both of our mouths. Definitely mine. Uh, but yet, yeah, Philly was a train wreck. Tampa did their job. Uh, I am happy for Baker. Like I, I think that's pretty Hell awesome. Yeah. And the Bucks. Um, but yeah, man, Philly, they are in, they're in trouble. I won't mm-hmm. repeat all the things we've already talked about with coaching and injuries, uh, but they, they're going to have to do some kind of shakeup there. So curious to see what they do. So this is why, like, so I usually don't, like if there's a gap between the games, I'll set an alarm to like one minute before the game time so that I'm not like, at least I can see like the first couple drives or whatever like that. Cause that I do like to end game. And I think yeah. you could tell a lot about a game pretty soon. Right. But had I sat around and watched the pregame stuff, I might have seen Baker Mayfield coming through the tunnel, smelling salts, <laughs> smelling salts a couple times, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like, fucking yeah, yeah. bucks to the moon. Like, you just knew. You could tell. Like when I saw that clip after, I think it was on like TikTok or something. I was like, "If I would have known that, I would have bet it a lot earlier, man." Mm-hmm. Like, I just let it ride. I didn't game this thing. Because I was, it was just like I don't know what to think or whatever like that. I'll just let it ride. Um, yeah, not good. Um, but you know, you lose some, you win some. But congrats to the Buccaneers. Apparently, uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson was talking a lot of trash about Baker Mayfield. Said, you know, they got some really good guys on that team. It, you know, it'd be amazing to see what they did with a good quarterback. Essentially, oh right? damn. Uh, <clears throat> and like what they could do with like a really good quarterback or whatever like that. Sure. Talking about Baker. And uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson talked about, you know, they got Chris Godwin out there is playing really well, Mike Evans, Russell Gage. So then Baker came out today, and we're recording this on Wednesday. It's about, uh, yeah, about tomorrow because this is our third time recording this. But 
But uh, Baker Mayfield came out and he's like, you know, hey, basically said, uh, yeah, I don't know what that's about because he obviously is not watching the film because that dude hasn't played a snap for us all year in Russell Cage because he got a torn pack or something like that. Uh, yeah. Really bad injury in the preseason or whatever like that. But Baker came out and was like, yo, that dude's been good everywhere or whatever like that. Gave him a lot of respect. But CJ Garner-Johnson just wants to beef with everybody. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he's looking for brand deals or something like that because teams are wanting to cut his pay and, uh, you know, make room for other players or whatever like that. But um, I'm looking forward to Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans getting a lot on this outside uh, secondary for the Detroit Lions. And I think it's oh, going to yeah. be a good game. I think it's going to be a good game. I would love to see – Baker Mayfield end up getting to the NFC Championship game. That would be freaking awesome. That'd be wild. Even though, even though the worst NFC Championship game that anybody would ever want to watch would be like Packers Bucks right oh, now, right? But like the two worst teams in the playoffs on the NFC side end up getting themselves there. Yeah. Um, but it could uh, happen. Yeah, it, it could happen. Lions are Lions are doing some good things there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But congrats sure. to Baker. Eagles are. Uh, I think we'll end up seeing some stuff. We talked about it before. I was like, I think it just feels like when they stopped doing the tush push, like Jalen Hurts was hurt or something was bad with the he's offensive hurt. line. Right. And I feel like we're going to come out like, oh, he's been playing with, a, you know, a torn MCL all year or whatever, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, it's... or meniscus or something like that. Because he wouldn't run for like the second half of the year after they got smoked by the Niners. The dude yeah. just wouldn't run. And they stopped doing the tush push. And it's like, wait a minute, this is your best play. And I was going to say, it's not that... just the tush push. It was his rushing. So I think it was a combination of Hertz being mm. injured. Kelsey, he's probably banged up, right? He's 42 yeah. years old. And, and I think Lane Johnson's been dealing with some stuff all year. Yeah. So I think it's just a combination of that stuff, at least for those guys, uh, not making excuses for the rest of the team. They've got issues yeah. all. Dumpster fire is probably an understatement, right? Shout out to Matt Patricia for taking over play call oh halfway through the God. season and the defense becoming utter trash instead of sticking with Sean Desai in his first time as a defensive coordinator there. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, but their second, their team's just old. Like they, this is what like was different about like, you know, Bill Belichick used to get all this praise because he would always get rid of a player a year early, right? Yeah. So he never dealt with the downfall of uh, a player. Um, the Eagles are the total opposite, where they just kept all the old veterans. Like it was a Madden game or something like that. Where you know what? <laughs> I'll get ratings. the, yeah. I'll get the the level eighty seven Calais Campbell. And I'm going to sign him to a three-year deal. He's going to play to his 37 in Madden or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But he's got the X-Factor trait, so it's good. right? You can get away with it. It doesn't happen in the NFL. These dudes got smoked, and their secondary is old and slow and cannot mm -hmm. read what's going on anymore. They were in a zero blitz. And the Bucks were – I think they were on – they were inside the 30 or something like that. And they ran a zero blitz. Baker's like, yep, hey, uh, be ready or something like that to Chris Godwin. So it's man-on-man -man coverage. And the corner isn't even understanding where the hell Chris Godwin is. The ball was underthrown by like five yards of where it should have been. And the corner was three yards behind Chris Godwin. He just turns around and catches it in the end zone. Mm -hmm. It was terrible. Bad look for the Eagles. Die, Eagles, die. Let's move on to the coaching carousel. So we're going to be talking about some of the current openings and big names available. And we could do this rapid fire, Tony. You don't have to hit every one of them. Sure. But uh, with these teams, I'll go over them uh, one by one. And you can just say nothing or who you want to see there. And maybe you sure. want to elaborate, but who do you want to see if you care coach these teams? So the Falcons fired Arthur Smith. I, I so I only have two that I care to speak to. Okay. There's a few that I, I'm not really interested all that much. Um, I can, you know, expand on anything you say, but uh, Atlanta, I would love to see uh, an offensive mind step in there to unlock mm -hmm. Kyle Pitts. 
Drake London, Bijan Robinson, um, Arthur Smith would have rather used those guys as decoys because you know that dude's playing chess, right? Well, yeah. we're out here playing checkers or something like yeah. that. So he's playing five D chess, but <laughs> everybody only knows four D, so it doesn't work. Yeah, it's it's some made up version. The yeah. in his head, he's beating everybody at quantum. But, uh, but uh, I, I I don't know if Bobby Sloak leaves. I think it's probably enticing for him to stay and build with D'Amico what they're doing down there. But I think a Bobby Sloak personality mm-hmm. um that mind would be good there um i think like a ben johnson i think he's gonna get hired somewhere i think he would be good there um definitely like an offensive mind um this is kind of a theme for me even once we get down into our draft but i think that would be the move um just with what they currently have built uh, in atlanta yeah i so i will say that i would like to now that the dallas cowboys because i thought that that would be a good spot for bill belichick um because you got the quarterback, right? And you can build everything around the defense and scheme it better or whatever like that. But um, I wouldn't mind seeing Bill Belichick here with the Atlanta Falcons because they have such great man-to-man corners. They have a good defense that I think that he can get a lot more out of. And in a division where it's pretty easy to win, it seems like, um, he could just bring in Josh McDaniels as the offensive coordinator. Like, Josh McDaniels as a head coach is fucking terrible, but Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels – as like head coach OC and you have Bell Belichick basically running the defense. I think that it would be fucking phenomenal in Atlanta because Josh McDaniels as an OC is actually pretty damn good. He just can't do everything. Um, and I think that that it's so bad. I think that that would be cool. And maybe they can get some, you know, maybe they, if they do that, do they trade for a Justin Fields and get rid of their high pick? Right. And you just bring in Justin Fields and build with that. Or, um, do you, you know, ride with Taylor Heineke or try to fix Desmond Ritter or whatever like that. But I don't think Bill Belichick wants to be in a fixing, fixing of a team type of thing or whatever like that. So I think they'd have to bring in a quarterback, maybe convince, you know, Kirk Cousins to take less cash or whatever like that. But I doubt that that's going to happen. So uh, he seems to be a Minnesota guy. Panthers fired everybody uh, along with Frank Wright. Anything there? I'm not interested. They're a mess. Uh, I have no idea what those guys are going to do. They have needs on both sides of the ball. Uh, they need to stop throwing beer on fans. That's not a good look for your owner. So, man, I, I really don't know. Uh, I don't want any of the big names to go there because it would be a waste. Look at what just yeah. happened to Frank Reich, right? Didn't even make it the full year. So let's not let's not talk about Carolina. It's a good spot for, like, Dan Quinn to go get shit on again. <laughs> <laughs> Raiders in this season fired Josh McDaniels. They had Antonio Pierce as their interim. They need to hire Antonio Pierce. Uh, we just saw this. Uh, they messed this up with, uh, what is it, Rich Basaccia, yeah. um, the special teams coordinator, right, when uh, Gruden got the got the can. Um, mm-hmm. He did well with that team. He got more out of the team than Gruden was getting. I believe they made a wild card or at least made it competitive uh, for the rest of that season. What do they do? They let him walk. They bring in McDaniels, completely wrecked him, uh, shipped out Devontae Adams, uh, quarterback from college, uh, really made him upset really a waste of two years for Las Vegas. Right. So they need to do the right thing. Pierce did well, got a lot out of those guys. The players have bought in. They need to give him a shot of doing this for the entire season. See what he's worth. Right. Yeah. And I think if you want to, you know, bolster something within the team, then you, you know, maybe you go and try to hire a different offensive coordinator and just pay him a pay him head coach money. Like, yo, we need someone to run the offense, and that's your whole thing or whatever like that because we got the guy who can lead people, and he's defensive-minded, and he wears, you know, the black forces and all that kind of stuff. He's a Raider dude. (laughs) We need pieces around him, right? And I think that's what's really good with D'Amico Ryans in Houston is 
who knows if Demico Ryans is actually really good and he's a big part of it, but it seems like players can connect with him really well and they got smart ass dudes around. Like, you know, one of the that, better so, offensive coordinators out there. So good point. They can do this intelligently, right? Bring in an offensive mind. If it doesn't work with Pierce, now you have a head coach to step in and yep. be your Shanahan, your, you know, LaFleur offensive minded CEO type head coach. Right. So yeah. I, I, I dig that. Chargers fired Brandon Staley. What another mess this is. Um, what's enticing? Yeah, you're, I think, over the cap or your contracts are a mess with some of those uh, guys who are aging out. But you have Justin Herbert. Yeah. You have Justin Herbert. You don't need much around him. You just got to get someone in there who's competent. Uh, I wouldn't say Brandon Staley was that these last few years. Yeah. You want to see Harbaugh there? Harbaugh seems to be the big name that people think are going to so, go to. So I think the last Angeles. I think the last couple of days, uh, why McCarthy was hired is because Jerry Jones got those guys on the phone, Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, and they said no. Yeah, and I think Jim Harbaugh said no because, as you've kind of alluded to, he's probably going to the Chargers. I think he's made comments about liking Justin Herbert, or that's been yeah. like one of his guys. So I think it makes the most sense. I would do it if I was him with kind of all these teams that we have left. Yeah, and what the Chargers have like failed to do over time is build the front you know, seven or the front seven on defense and the front five, you know, the offensive defensive sure. lines and stuff like that. And that is what Jim Harbaugh is so good at. And as a 49er fan, I hate that. I hate that. I just said that because I hate when people write that on like social media. As a 49er fan, I have a lot of respect for this, 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 or as a Packer fan, like no one gives a fuck. Just say what you want to say. Uh, but as a 49er fan, um, he, he made what this Niner team is and what the Niners have been over the last, let's say, almost a decade, right? Mm -hmm. Is because he came in and built offensive line, defensive line, and was like, oh, wait a minute. This is how you really win football. And this is going to be our strong suit. And then we just have to find people around yeah. it or whatever like that. And he's done it everywhere. He did it at San Diego State. He did it at Stanford. He did it with the 49ers. He did it at Michigan. And that's what won Michigan a national title. They had the best – there was, like, talks before the season. Who's going to have the best offensive line, Notre Dame or Michigan? And it turned out to be Michigan. Uh, yeah. Notre Dame might have a tackle go higher than anybody on Michigan or whatever like that but in the draft. But that's what he's so damn good at. And if the Chargers do that, maybe they don't have so many injuries all over the place, right? Um, and they have a, a phenomenal quarterback. I think they need to get, bring some – youth and stop going and I, I love that they have all the tall wide receivers but maybe shape up what they do on the on the offensive side yeah. a little bit more and get a running back who can pound it up the gut so I've got, okay i've got two things before you move on to the next team here uh one uh saw michigan i was at disneyland when they did like the the rose bowl uh appreciation thing yeah. for those teams or whatever they were there i saw we were behind the uh, Michigan offensive line multiple times. I don't know their names. You can tell by the size, the height, mm -hmm. and how freaking wide these dudes are. They were massive. They were walking mm -hmm. like a group of seven or whatever. So they, they were no, they took up some space. Uh, yeah. B, B, um, San Diego is a state. I thought San Diego was a city in California. I don't know, man. I, I heard a story about some guy who said that uh, he knows. He knows that that's the smell of a dead body because he's from San, San Diego, and it made no sense to me. So I heard that story today out of a guy at work. So interesting. Uh, Titans fired Mike Vrabel, probably the most shocking firing of the entire like NFL postseason, offseason, after the regular season, yeah. or whatever you want to say. Anything you want to see here? Uh, I think this team's going to be a rebuild type project. Uh, 
I love Mike Vrabel, but what he was doing was trying to win when really they probably needed like a down year, right? To just kind of replenish the stocks, right? Uh, On offense and defense. They they have some needs and I don't know if they get them in one year. Probably going to take a couple years. Not sure who's going down there, but I know Derrick Henry, you know, he grabbed the mic and made the speech, so he's done. (laughs) So, you know, in Dynasty, if you have, what is it, Tajay Spears, that's cool. That might be I accidentally auto-drafted him. And I didn't want go. him. And it turned out to be phenomenal. <laughs> He's good. I, wanted, I, like, I liked him a lot. Chase Brown from Cincinnati at the time because I was like, ah. Oh. I didn't. Good. Joe Mixon hadn't signed yet, right? Because this was yeah. like right after the draft or whatever like yeah. that. So I was like, oh, this dude has a chance. Um, I'm not interested in anybody. I, it doesn't really doesn't no. matter. Probably a good spot for like a Pete Carroll or something like that where the city will fall in love with you, you know? Maybe. Uh, commanders fired Ron Rivera. Anything here? No, you saw it coming. Um I know new ownership there, right? Was it like Josh Norris or John Norris yeah. or something? Uh, they just hired like new management and stuff. So they're going to get their guys in there. Not sure who that's going to be. Kind of enticing with some of the, uh, at least offensive pieces, right? You got uh, Terry McLaurin went to terrible school. Um, they have some pieces there. Brian Robinson's good on the ground. Gibson's okay. Uh, Jahan Dotson. So they have some pieces, a couple good pieces on defense. Not going to be competitive right, right away, but yeah. uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't want to see any of the big names go there. That's for sure. Yeah, interesting because they hired like the Golden State Warriors dude who was like in charge of basically getting every, that whole Warriors dynasty team together or whatever like that. I think I take that's issue. Gonna... I take issue with that because that was Jerry West. That was not <laughs> that guy. I don't know that guy's name, but Jerry West built that team. I follow Jerry West. He's he was with the Lakers. He put the Shaq Kobe team together. He put that Golden State team together. He put the Clippers team together, didn't win a championship, but they were competitive. He put the Grizzlies together, right? Mark Gasol, uh, Zach Randolph, those guys, Mike Conley. Um, that guy's just like, he happened to be in the leadership chain when Jerry West was cooking. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Lakers. I don't care about your Laker fandom. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, but shout out to the Lakers and the Dallas Mavericks for uh, hitting an under 244 total tonight. Um my expected number is 236. I think it hit 237. Shout nice. out to hitting a bet with the Lakers. So Nice. Um, but not shout out to the Sacramento Kings who lost a 22-point lead in the fourth quarter oh, to the that. Phoenix Suns last night. Fuck! <laughs> the Patriots mutually part ways, mutually part ways with Bill Belichick. Uh, they hired Gerard Mayo. You think that's a, a, a seemingly good fit or anything? I don't really know anything about the dude. He played. He's like a coach for four years and then gets the head coaching job. And then comes out about a bunch of social justice stuff in his opening press conference, which is pretty wild for the New England Patriots to have that stuff coming out of their, you know, locker room, I guess you would say. I'm all about the, was it the DEI stuff, but is this a DEI thing? Are they getting a pick for this? Is that that the move here? I don't know. I think so. Um, Probably. I think they know what they need to do. They need to rebuild. Uh, Mayo is going to come in, coach the team for a couple years. They're going to replenish their inventory on offense and defense. They'll move on. They'll get their next yeah. guy in. Go ahead and book that right now. Yeah. I'll Bill give Belichick two, two years tops. 2026, Bill Belichick's the head coach, and they got like a they got yeah. like a bomb-ass quarterback that somehow traded for Caleb Williams, and Bill Belichick <laughs> comes in and coaches another 15 years. Yeah. Six more Super Bowls. Seattle Seahawks mutually parted ways with Pete Carroll. Apparently, it was not a decision made by football people. Or anything like that, per sure. Pete Carroll. So, uh, anybody you want to see up here in Seattle? I've heard. Um, I don't know if Dan Quinn's from that area or uh, was in someone's coaching tree up there. I don't know what coaching tree yeah. Dan Quinn came from. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But I've heard rumblings about him going up there. I think that'd be a good fit. I think he's earned, um, you know, a shot at trying again. He's been a good defensive coordinator in Dallas. 
despite them just getting absolutely demolished by Green Bay. Uh, I think he was okay in Atlanta, really good in Dallas uh, for the most part. So I think that's probably the best fit there. You get a defensive-minded coach. That's what they need. The offense is fine. Um, they can bring someone in to coach that offense. The defense needs work because on paper, that defense is pretty good. Yeah. Um, they just, for whatever reason, couldn't put it together uh, in 2023. So I, I, I would like to see that. Yeah, I think they need to get a little bit better, like – in the D tackle spot and then linebacker, but they have one of the better secondaries in the entire NFL. Like they've yeah. drafted really good at corner. So yeah. um, real quick, what happens with the following teams? We talked about the Dallas Cowboys. I had that listed there. Uh, McCarthy staying you with it or without it. <laughs> I mean, what do you, what is the definition of doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting the same results, Nate? Um, mental illness <laughs> or it's, it's sanity, mental ill. That's it's what plants what you, crave. What do you guys want, Jerry? You yeah. want another repeat in, you know, the playoffs in 2024. Cause that's, what's going to happen. You just resigned him. Maybe you couldn't land the big fishes, but there's probably a different fit. There's probably medium sized fish you could have gone after here. So I, I don't think this changes, you know, their outlook on 2024 Yeah, in the, in the you know, positive direction at all. Anyways. You know, it's crazy you talk about, and we'll touch on this in here in a bit, but like Mike Tomlin, when it's like, it's praise that this dude can go over 500 for like 15 straight years, right? But when you're the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and you got a high, you know, profile quarterback and all this kind of stuff yeah. and you're an owner um, and you're America's team and you have like a $75 billion stadium that apparently if you go into it, you can't actually walk the full circle around it. You got to stay within certain areas. Go fuck yourself, Jerry Jones. What? Um Allegedly, I that's what I've heard from people who have been there. Maybe it's just certain sections or certain levels or whatever like that. Um, but uh, I don't know who else you're going to get, though. Like, who yeah. else is really there to, like, get your team over the hump? And Mike McCarthy's going to get you 12, 13 wins, get you in the playoffs. As a business, you're going to make money. You're still going to be in the media for yeah. all of your turmoil if you get into the playoffs. But um, they need somebody to get over the Niner hump. And because uh, they're going to own the NFC East for a while, because I think Philly's shot. So it's it's just what do you want? You want that high floor that Mike McCarthy has, cap ceiling, or do you want to hire Bobby Slowick? Bring him in. Yeah. Bring Ben Johnson and see what these guys can do. Because the ceiling, I guarantee, with those guys, is going to be higher. Like you're going to yeah. get a deep playoff run potentially with one of those guys, just because they have that mind. You can see the success they're having, you know, with with Jared Goff and, and the other teams there uh, down in Houston, how they've turned all that stuff around. Right. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it's the safe pick with what's yeah. out there. But he's I don't know. Take the swing. You're the Cowboys. Would, you keep failing and falling your face in the playoffs like you have to do something. McCarthy's this, not that. This would have been the perfect spot for Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels to come in together uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. I think that that could have been something that maybe is more successful for them. Sure. But I don't know if Bill Belichick, now that I'm thinking about it, if he wants like all of that spotlight of that team on it, right? Like he's not going to have like player control and all this kind of stuff. And I don't I, know if he wants that anymore. Right. But like, you got to deal with that owner and that owner sitting there in the public spotlight, talking about your job on a week to week basis or mm -hmm. anything like that. That's, like, not that style. that's not Bill style. So he's like, yeah, I'll go fuck yourself. That's probably um, not Bill style. And that's probably not Jim style. Right. Yeah. That's probably why this was a no go for those two guys. And I think it would have been awesome to see that come in and then Mike McCarthy go to Atlanta. Because <laughs> Mike McCarthy can develop quarterbacks. Like it's sure. You know, he's been out there and developed quarterbacks, even backups that have gone on when he was in Green Bay to get Netflix. contracts other places and stuff like that, yeah. right? And 
Um, so you know that he could develop quarterbacks and you could put up points, yeah. but obviously they can't, they couldn't stop anybody or they put up the lesser amount of points. Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. Uh, we've beaten this dead horse with a very dead stick. Uh, coaching matters. Those coordinators they let go eventually exposed maybe some of Sirianni's deficiencies, uh, mm-hmm. but definitely deficiencies of Sean Desai. He was not great. And then why do you do this, Matt Patricia? Why is he yeah. even in the NFL? Like, what has he done? Good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if like that letter of recommendation from Bill means that much. Yeah, probably. Probably. That's probably what's gotten him, you know, two or three jobs at this point. Um, and then Brian Johnson on offense. I think he's had some struggles, but. Maybe there's the Hertz, uh, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey injuries that kind of factored in, but definitely some deficiencies there, right? Those first year guys, uh, but they really had no answers um, after teams adjusted to Philly. Like, what what did they start? Like ten and one or something like that? Yeah, won yeah. a couple of those games they probably shouldn't, have, but they had a great start. But once teams adjusted, I think they just started blitzing the crap out of the the Eagles. They couldn't adjust. I I don't understand how yeah. you're an NFL offense and you can't adjust to to zero blitzes and things like that. So I think you give Nick one more year though, um, with at least a defensive coordinator who is worth his weight in Philly cheesesteaks yeah. uh, there in Philadelphia, <laughs> and then uh, get Jalen you know the surgery on whichever knee or both knees is bugging him. Uh, so get that guy healthy. And I think you see what happens if if the same thing happens or worse, you know you send Nick packing. Nick's your only packing. Yeah, no more of those. Uh heading off into the tunnel yelling at people behind you when mm-hmm. they can't do anything or anything like that right no, like no that. more of that stuff there uh i think the only reason he's there is because they made it to the super bowl last year and he was yeah. that head coach right uh it there's a sense that he's kind of lost the locker room you got aj brown going to atlantic city i get that they played on a uh monday night or whatever like that but friday night aj brown's in like atlantic city at some fight or boxing match or something like that right yeah. he's not going to play in the game or whatever like that but you expect that dude to be in the with the team helping out wide receivers whatever like that and yeah. there's like there's a lot of bickering it sounds like it it seemed like the team just like lost all confidence in what they had going on and ate yeah. themselves from the inside um i think we kind of nailed that you know five weeks ago or whatever like that talking about it and then yeah. the pittsburgh steelers mike tomlin was asked about whether or not he's going to stay the head coach because he got one year he left the press conference shout out to mike tomlin for just saying fuck you stop talking about my job i don't talk to you about your job yeah um i respect it um but it made it seem like maybe he's gonna leave or something like that and then apparently he came back and said yeah uh my plan is to coach here next year it doesn't seem like the pittsburgh steelers are gonna fire him uh, so, um, or they're going to part ways, but your thoughts here in Pittsburgh, what should he they is, do maybe? He is under contract for 2024, uh, Pittsburgh, as far as I know, have not announced an extension. And I think, um, I read something that he has not been in this situation before with the Steelers in like the two decades or whatever he's been yeah. there. Like he hasn't gone into the final year, right? Uh, he's always gone in and they've extended him before they got to that point. Um, so you know, maybe rightfully so, given some struggles, right, um, to win those significant games, the playoff games. Um, I did see that he said he's willing to come out and coach. So we'll see. I, I believe he'll coach one more year. If they're doing well, maybe they give him an extension midseason. But they should probably wait uh, just to see if they can get it together because, yeah. I don't know, first round playoff exit. You went 500, sure, but. I think Pittsburgh's it's a you know a storied franchise like Green Bay, like Dallas, right? You're supposed to be winning Super Bowls or at least be in that hunt. Yeah. They haven't been that since, you know, three or four years before Big Ben retired, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um I like Mike Tomlin. I think that if they want to get to the next level, they need to bring in somebody who can like really 
coaching offense. Yeah. Um, we saw that with Matt Canada really struggled. Um, the team apparently allegedly likes Mason Rudolph over Kenny Pickett. Uh, sucks when you draft a quarterback pretty high and he doesn't pan out for you or you don't have people who could develop him on your staff because um, the defense always seems to play well there in yeah. Pittsburgh for the most part. Um, but they're also hampered by the fact that their offense can't stay on uh, on on the part of the football field that's not close to the actual stands. <laughs> like there's a there's big, thick white line. You want to be yeah. <laughs> in between the two big, thick white lines and they're yeah. hardly ever there. So. They're doing a lot of right things. Like they have a lot to, uh, they have a lot going for them. The offensive line played really well. Um, their receivers, they they know how to draft and develop receivers. Yep. That has always been the case for Mike Tomlin. You can go. We could talk for probably like five minutes about all the receivers they've drafted have come through and they kind of you know sent on their way and just brought in the next guy. Yeah. Um, on defense, they have you know T.J. Watt. They have uh, Alex what Highsmith on the other yep. side. They have so that you know they have a defensive front. They have Cam Hayward there. They have Joey Porter Jr. They have Mika Fitzpatrick. I think for at least one more year. So yep. like they have some of the key pieces that you want. Um, it's just the little things, quarterback play, clean up, keep everybody healthy, clean some stuff up on defense. So it, they have potential. I, I think they'll be a playoff team next year with Mike Tomlin, but got to win those games. Yep. Moving on. Uh, we like fantasy football and we like drafting. So in honor of talking about head coaches, we're going to draft our top five head coaches that we would want to start an NFL franchise with. So if today you and me are starting an NFL franchise, yeah, who would we want to be our head coach any and all head coaches from any level. It could be Pee Wee football. You want Snoop? You want Snoop to coach the Pittsburgh Steelers? He's a Steelers fan. Um, you could pick Snoop. You want the first or the turn, Tony? Can I get the guy who's running the Warriors, who's taking credit for all of Jerry West's <laughs> success building that team? Um, I only have nine, so I'm going to play my numbers here, and I'm going to take the first pick. That way there I don't go. have to think on my feet. Not good at that. <clears throat> first thinking, pick. Thinking, just thinking. <laughs> And being on my feet in general, yeah, yeah. Uh, getting older, balance. That's you lose that as you get older. Uh, first one though, Andy Reid. Anywhere he goes, success has followed him. Um, hasn't really mattered who the quarterback has been. He's obviously had some good ones, right? But he had success with Alex Smith. Luckily, he was able to transition from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes after he held the clipboard for a year. Uh, but the defense has always been good. He's brought in guys to run that for him, right? But he's been such a net positive for his team, regardless of where that's been um, for his team's offense. The team always loves him. Um, I'm also very impartial to the State Farm commercial season now. I love that yeah. one where he's like, explain it again, this time with those nuggies. Yeah, I, that's I don't actually know why. pretty good. Yeah. I, I don't know why I like that one, but I, I love Andy Reid, man. I, I would trust him um, with my life. Yeah, the dude's always going to put up points. So, And you know you're going to have a good running game. Uh, yeah. That was my number one as well. I'm going to go with uh, Kyle Shanahan. Um, I want one of the better offensive minds in all of football. Does it struggle at times? Yes, but I know that I'm going to be a competitor. I'm going to get to the playoffs as long as – and he could be my head coach. He runs my offense. He's really good at grooming coordinators, right, and yeah. grooming staff to be good coaches, bringing a good defensive mind, and we're going to have a pretty solid team. So yeah. um, done it with any style of quarterback out there, running quarterback, pocket quarterback, immobile quarterback, half mobile, uh, Mr. Irrelevant uh, – first round pick, you know, um, that you traded up for and said that you're going to get Mac Jones and, um, con the Patriots to get Mac Jones somehow. Um, after you took awesome. a guy who, that you ended up trading to the Cowboys, um, awesome. who apparently no one thinks should be a starter anymore. That's kind of crazy how that happens, but, mm -hmm. um, I'll take Kyle Shanahan. I Good want one. points. 
Um, and my second one is going to be, um, so if I'm not getting an offensive mind who's going to score a lot of points, I want somebody who's going to be able to motivate people and get a lot out of people and for them to believe in themselves when they probably shouldn't, and that's going to be Dan Campbell. Um, if any, one. if you can turn around the Detroit Lions to winning a division, granted, Kirk Cousins got hurt. Their defense didn't turn it on until later. Um, and who knows if they actually win the division if Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. But I'll take Dan Campbell. People want to play for Dan Campbell. And you know what, Tony? When you go up against a team, there are two things that the opposing team really needs in order for them to succeed. Do you know what that those two things are? Uh, tell me. It's the left and right kneecaps. And every time that you go tackle somebody, you're going to get up or you get knocked down. You're going to bite those fuckers off. And therefore, you're going to win the division, make it to the playoffs, get some home playoff games. Eminem, who's not from Detroit, he's literally from like a street across from Detroit. Like Detroit ends on a street that he was like 30 meters away from. Um, but it's a big thing on the internet, apparently, because people are trolling Eminem because he's claiming Detroit. And they're like, you're actually from like this suburb. Right, eight mile like is actually the but end of like. There's the people who claim the, the Cowboys line. who are on the west or east coast though. Like that's <laughs> you, you're America, just outside Detroit. Come it's on. America's team, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'll take uh, Motor City Dan Campbell as the McAfee Show likes to call him. That's a pretty good one. I, I didn't think you, you'd pull the Dan Campbell one out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look who he has coaching his defense. Uh, I forget the guy's name, former DB, um, but he's done a great job in Detroit. No denying that. Uh, my second one, you had your homer pick, so I'm going to take mine. Sean McVay, <laughs> uh, easy one for me. Not a homer pick. Uh, any ho- head coach that can take Jared Goff to a Super Bowl is doing something right. That team was hamstrung not only by Goff. They had no Cooper Cup. I think he tore his ACL or got his knee shredded uh, halfway through that season. And then Todd Gurley, like that dude was playing on one knee. They still made it through to the Super Bowl in what was the worst Super Bowl I've ever watched in my entire life. Sure, but... You know, he's had success once we brought Matt Stafford in, who was a good quarterback, right? But he always, he's like Shanahan. Like, he always brings coordinators in and they get hired out. I mm-hmm. have a couple of those guys on my list, right? So just churning out really uh, good coordinators. And that's usually a good sign of, of a good head coach. Andy Reid has a ton of guys. Belichick has some guys, not a lot. He's got a lot more misses than hits. But um, a lot of my picks are like your first one, Nate. They're offensive minded guys because I think it's like an important thing to note. If you're a defensive coordinator who gets hired as a head coach, you're not running the offense. You bring in a Ben Johnson or a Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan. They're going to get hired out and coach another team. What are you going to do on offense at that point, right? Yeah. Like you've seen some of these guys struggle um, when they don't have someone they can lean on um, because they're not the ones drawn up the X's and O's, right? So uh, give me Sean McVay for my second pick. Nice. Uh, let's see. Next pick here. So I'm going to go with someone from Andy Reid's coaching tree. Uh, I'm going to go with John Harbaugh. So like uh, Andy Reid, Harbaugh has had success with multiple quarterbacks uh, and isn't like the rest of the guys on my list. I I said I liked the offensive minds. Uh, Harbaugh, like I said, is out of Andy Reid's coaching tree, but I consider him to be more like a CEO type of head coach. Doesn't have his hands too much in the offense, if at all. Uh, Maybe some of the defense, since that is his background, but I, I love what he's done in Baltimore. That team always seems to be winning. Had success with Flacco, pocket quarterback having a ton of success now with Lamar Jackson. Haven't won the big game with him yet, right? But, um, yeah. The big game. And by big game, you mean a playoff game. (laughs) This year's going to be different, Nate. (laughs) It's going to be so awesome. I'm so looking forward to That's like the one game I really, really want to watch. So, 
Yeah. Uh, outside of, uh, obviously, the Niners-Packers, which I'll be at your house watching fucking UFC. Yeah, I was going to say, you said you like to watch the Niners games at home so you can tilt openly. But it's uh, not going to be the focal point of what we're there doing. So um, your spouse has right. adamantly said, no, fights will be on this TV. Because she was like, we're like, oh, we, when you said, oh, I could bring, I could put the other monitor right here. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> she was so mad. <laughs> we'll have the fights on the, the, one, the TV above the mantle and we'll have the big TV uh, on the floor or on a table yeah. or something with the game on. Yeah. That's good. Um, this one scares me, but it feels like there's um, there's something there, right? And I'm going to go with D'Amico Ryan's as my third and it's just because it feels like he can connect with players to where they want to be there it's fun uh they work hard they see it they're yeah. seeing it from a dude who's like completely jacked and fit could probably still play in the nfl <laughs> to an extent and he's their head coach right like he knows and he was really good while he was in the nfl my concern yeah. is he's defensive minded and that's cool he's really good at the defense right but i'm I'm wondering what happens if a guy like Bobby Slowick leaves that team. Can he develop under those people and develop a system to develop new coordinators or whatever like that from a quarterback's mm -hmm. coach, running back, whatever it is, right? Um, or does he just go to like San Francisco and try to get the next guy or Miami and get the next guy out of there or Green Bay, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever like that. So, um, but I'll take D'Amico Ryan's at number three. Uh, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of years out of that, and maybe I'll get some of that young talent who wants to come play because he is the head coach. Um, yeah, I had I had D'Amico Ryan's on the tail end of my list, but I had some of the same concerns noted here because what happens when, like, you know, your version of, was it Brian Johnson, Nick Sierney has yeah. run that offense? What happens when he comes up? He's not Bobby yeah. Slowick. He's not uh, Shane Steichen. What happens, right? Are you yeah. able to maintain that level of success with a young – uh, core there too right with cj shroud and those guys it's one of those so, things where risky. i'm just hoping he was able to like hey we all need to learn from each other because that's what made the niners really good right the yeah. niners it doesn't matter who comes in and out granted the head coach is like the offensive coordinator but all those coordinators are coming out are dominating everywhere else in the league as well too mm -hmm. as they're getting other coordinator jobs that pay more or whatever it is right or sure. position coaches that become coordinators so uh my number four is going to be i'm gonna go with mike tomlin same kind of thing with Dan Campbell, where I think this dude can actually like motivate and lead people. Uh, granted, he is defensive minded, so I need somebody offensive, mm -hmm. uh, like a really good offensive mind there. But I like the way that Mike Tomlin operates. It's strictly business. It's football. He feels like a football guy. If I'm in like a grungy city, right? Like I don't know where where you could be that's really grungy other mm -hmm. than like Pittsburgh. Like you go up to Seattle with Mike Tomlin or. Somewhere like that, Tennessee, mm -hmm. you know, one of these grungy type teams or whatever like that, like Mike Tomlin's going to make them a winner and they're going to be competitive. And if I can just get into the playoffs, make some cash, maybe I could hire a better guy later sure. on, whatever. But he's going to be able to build a culture within that team to where now we have something brewing, right? And that's, as I got to the tail end of my list, it was mm -hmm. about culture, right? So yeah, um, that that's what I was looking to. Culture and identity for my team, Mike Tomlin. I like it. Um, I like both of those picks you just had. Um, culture thing's important. I think my next pick here is able to foster some of that. Uh, he's had some struggles with, you know, recent uh, diva future Hall of Fame quarterbacks who have been 
you know, sit shipped out to New York. Uh, but I'm taking Matt LaFleur. So out of the Sean McVay coaching tree, maybe you sprinkle in some Shanahan there as well. Those guys have kind of traveled together, right, uh, on their journey. But I think he's proven his worth um, and then some this year with Jordan Love after, you know, struggling with Aaron Rodgers uh, just to run his offense. And we've seen now his offense does work. It's had some success. Um, I got a theme here with my picks. I like the coaches, like I said, who can run their teams, but they have that offensive background. Again, your OC, if you have one, if they're worth anything, they're going to get hired out. LaFleur is one of those offensive-minded coaches. He might have an OC, but he's going to have a lot of influence on that, like Shanahan does, like McVay does, uh, with whoever they have in that seat. They'll be the guys you know, really drawing up the plays. Uh, give me Matt LaFleur here with my, was that fourth pick? Yep. So young guy, I know, hasn't really done anything in the playoffs, but this is kind of a ceiling pick. I like what he's done this year. I thought he was okay with Rodgers, um, but really, really has, uh, has sold me on what he's able to do this year. Uh, my last pick, it's my last one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I have, an, oh, I have an old guy here, Hashan Payton, but I don't think I'm going to go that route. Gross. Yeah, I know. I try to stay away from like the old, older coaches who are kind of aging out. I like the younger guys kind of infusing some new ideas into the NFL. So I'm going to go with another ceiling pick. That's what I consider LaFleur. Uh, this other guy is from the same goddamn tree. It's Mike McDaniel. Um, so again, out of the Shanahan coaching tree, worked really well with Kyle and all those guys, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur. Again, they all travel together uh, with Mike Shanahan um, mm-hmm. on their journey. Um, but you hire a guy like Mike McDaniel to come in players buy into what he's doing. He's willing to hand the defense off like McVay was to Wade Phillips, right? And then eventually uh, Raheem Morris, uh, Mike McDaniel this year, recognized uh, deficiencies on his defense. He brought in Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio's defense is something that has countered what McVay and Shanahan like to do and has had some success. Uh, If not for the injury luck, I think they'd be, would have been in a better position to have, you know, some more playoff success, but it is what it is. But give me Mike McDaniel uh, with my final pick. Mm. That made it tough because I was going to take LaFleur. Um, and the other three, I'm just kind of like, I haven't ranked. I have my sixth guy, my ninth, and my tenth. I guess I'll just go with my sixth guy. Um, damn, that's hard. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Pete Carroll. I would still take Pete Carroll as a head coach in the NFL. Um, this is more a culture thing too, right? But he seems to be very energetic for being like 72 years old. It's crazy <laughs> how a lot of these coaches, like they're in their 70s, and they don't look a day over like 55. Man, like, no. like Pete my Carroll's dad still out there running the scout team, throwing footballs around. Yeah, there's guys who are older than my dad, and my dad's like 73, and they look way younger than my dad. Like, <laughs> like my dad just hasn't worked for a while. He's been retired for like 10 years or something like that. And it's like these guys just got got a flowing through them, man. That brings up so much youth and energy. And no matter how bad the Seattle Seahawks could be at a certain time, Pete Carroll always had that energy and that, mm-hmm. that, that thing that players wanted to play for him. A uh, good culture guy. I think that I could bring in to start a, start a new team with, you know, and then be able to hand it off of like, Hey, this is how we do things here. This is how yeah. we keep it fun, exciting or whatever like that. And this is how we bring in talent. I think if Pete Carroll was in a different city, other than all the way up in Seattle, um, I think he probably would have won a lot more than he did or something like that. So I'll take Pete Carroll. Did you have any honorable mentions? I had a couple other guys on my list. Uh, you stole D'Amico from me. Um, I did have Sean Payton. He was going to be like, you know, down the list if I needed to dig a little deeper. Um, 
I also had Kevin O'Connell. I like what he's doing in Minnesota. Another guy. All my guys are either from Andy Reid or Shanahan McVay coaching tree. So I, yeah. I had a theme on, you know, just offensive minds. I know Harbaugh is like a defensive guy, but uh, he does have some of that Andy Reid flavor uh, with him. Uh, my honorable mentions, I had Antonio Pierce listed, just mm. culture, right? Like when that dude, I forget what it was. They're playing the Chargers. Was it the Chargers they were just beating the shit out of or the Denver Broncos? <laughs> Who was it? Was it the Chargers? They, yeah, I think they smoked the Chargers. Yeah, they were. They won by like, they damn near put up 70 points or whatever it was. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, and they're winning by like four touchdowns at the halftime, five touchdowns or whatever it was. And it is interview on the sideline or as he's coming out of the tunnel right it was actually like a good interview from a sideline reporter hmm. and he said something he's like you know what's what's the you know you're winning by this much what's this? step on their necks for the rest of it like don't let them come up and i'm like hell yeah about. like that dude went in the locker room when it's like should be fun and light and he was like no fucking 30 more points not another yard like remember the titan speech on their throats we're here to stay mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that and i think I that's like why it. a lot of people like them in my 10th, I put Belichick. Um, I like teams that don't like Philadelphia, right? You could tell there's like stuff coming out of those locker room left and right. Mm-hmm. That's never good for a team. No matter how bad the New England Patriots got, you never heard a word out of that locker room or anything, right? And I like how he deals with the media just because he's like, no, yeah. all you guys do is twist shit. I don't know when to deal with it. Focused mm-hmm. on this week. Focus on this week. And I kind of dig it because he's like not impacted by it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty cool. So that was mine. To recap, I, our I, w- I would yeah. be curious to see uh, how Ben Johnson and Bobby Sloak do. I wanted so badly to throw them in here as like yeah. really high swing for the fences, ceiling picks, but they're just like an unknown right now. But they will be coaching uh, and some other team as, as head coaches either next year or you know, within two seasons. Sorry. Yeah. I wanted to do Jim Harbaugh into this too, just cause he mm-hmm. is able to build teams, yeah. but I just feel like he wouldn't be there more than like three, four years. Cause the dude just yeah. always jumps. Right. But uh, maybe he stays in the NFL if he ends up moving, but I don't know if he like, maybe he goes to the chargers, but I think he would just be perfect to just stay at Michigan. Just stay in Michigan. You're a Michigan dude, man. Like you did it. You brought Michigan a title. Do you just leave Michigan after that? Like, and people just accept it, like, hey, thanks, whatever, like that. I don't know. But yeah. Uh, to recap our list, Tony, you got Andy Reid, Sean McVay, John Harbaugh, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel. I got Shanahan, Kyle, Dan Campbell, D'Amico Ryans, Mike Tomlin, and Pete Carroll. It turns out I'm a, uh, if it's not Shanahan's offense, I am a culture dude. So um, that is That's that. Uh, let us know in the comments on YouTube or wherever you're listening on who you would want to start an NFL franchise with um, or, you know, who would, who would you take over our list or would you rank them differently? Yeah. Um, rants or raves, Tony, you got anything to rant or to rave about? I have a rave. Um, <clears throat> probably came off as a rant earlier. Uh, this is related to something I was bitching about up there. So I got the ranting out, I think. Uh, but at first I was upset about the Buffalo game getting pushed to Monday to avoid the blizzard conditions if you saw like video of fans coming in, I think they're getting paid pretty decently to come in and shovel snow. Yeah. It was like waist high in the stands. They're having to shovel through, so, like, you know, wait, waddle their way through the snow to the middle of the seats and start, you know, shoveling snow. So it was pretty crazy. Uh, so maybe justified, but I had a few bets, as I mentioned, taking the unders. It made a lot of sense. I was taking it all the way down uh, till it hit like 33 and a half or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause we've talked about like the snow. Sure. But the big thing was the, 50 mile an hour gusts. Yeah. The wind was going to be 
horrible. And once you get in that like 20 to 30 range sustained, which is where they were at and then some, that's when you have issues passing the ball. So that was going to be a problem. But uh, the 2-2-2 format, um, I thought was perfect. So we had two games on Saturday, starting at 2.30. We had two games on Sunday, starting at 2.30. And then we had two games on Monday, starting at, I think, 2.30. Uh, So I had all morning to, um, and then into the afternoon a little bit to go to the gym take care of some errands. Uh, I took my youngest to like his batting practice. I hit, I hit the gym, hit, did some pickleball, you know, do whatever at home, clean up and stuff for your guys's visit. Um, and then just had like the perfect amount of football, uh, yeah. for like the evening, essentially like around dinner time, and, you know, to put, to put myself to sleep. Um, so well done NFL schedule makers and Buffalo mayor governor. I don't, I don't know who made that call, but thank you. You guys, you, you did good. Somehow yeah. you, you made this a positive, at least for me, for my experience. And shout out to the NFL for completely shitting on everything the NBA does on Martin Luther King Jr.'s <laughs> birthday on that holiday. Because that's like an NBA day, like hardcore NBA all day, like how Christmas Day is or whatever like that. Some of the better matchups. Uh, yeah, no one was watching the NBA that day. Everyone was watching the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. <laughs> um, how'd you feel about the Peacock stuff? Man, I went back and forth with someone on threads. Uh, people bitching about, oh, I have to get another streaming. Service. You could go and get that thing at two ninety nine a month and cancel it. Yeah, two ninety nine. And then this person or multiple people were like, well, then I have to get internet to actually stream. Who, who Nate? Who does not have internet at this point? Uh, allegedly, <laughs> uh, the president of the United States says not everybody has access to the this- internet, Tony. And a lot of people aren't smart enough to get the internet. This guy was saying, <laughs> I have to pay over a hundred dollars for internet. Who's paying over a hundred dollars for internet? I pay fifty dollars and yeah. I get a gig internet. I know not everyone has fiber, but like I was paying sixty dollars for Comcast, not mm-hmm. fiber for like a hundred megs. Come on, man. Yeah. You're your people are bitching just to, for the sake of bitching. I know it sucks that the NFL is on Amazon, the NFL is on ESPN, the NFL is on, you know, Peacock now. Where's it gonna be next year? We're we gonna have it on Hulu or whatever whatever, some other platform. Fucking as far HBO. as I know. As far as I know, week in and week out throughout the regular season for the NFL, this is the only sport where they stream multiple games, like double headers on multiple networks. Yeah. Consistently for us for free. Go get yourself an antenna, some bunny ears you put on top of your TV, right? What other sport does that? Stop yeah. bitching about 299. I thought that was stupid. My only concern with it is once the Super Bowl becomes um, pay per view. And what happens if the Super Bowl is like $69.99? Granted, I didn't pay for Peacock. I found a website and I streamed it. So go fuck yourselves. I don't want to pay it. I'm cheap. Um, but um, yeah, it is what it is. But you got to deal with it. So uh, that's what happens when everybody cord cuts. Like to the audacity to think that the American public is smarter than business people. Like there's a reason why their their buildings are really tall and their furniture is better. Uh, they're going to outsmart you. Oh, you think you're going to get away from this, this, this? Nope, you're going to want to stream it. So everything's five, fifteen bucks a month, nickel and dime, nickel and dime, nickel and dime. Subscriptions is the way to, um, that business is going for everything. The, the problem is they can all collude. They're like, okay, I'll take the Office from Netflix. Yeah. You already have your movies. I'll put the Office on Peacock. And then another, you know, show that owns something that's like uh, I forget what you call in syndicate or whatever. Like, okay, let's take my show from in syndicate and put it on Paramount or something like that. Like yeah. they're working together. We all have our own, we have 15 different streaming services. You now need, that's going to cost you more than an Xfinity uh, cable package used to cost, but don't do it. Be like me, do the promos, do the free trials, and then just cancel it. 
do it again with another email account, man. I've done for it the with, listeners. with Sling, with Paramount, with Peacock. You name it, I've done it. For for the listeners, Tony makes an annual trip to or a monthly trip to Best Buy to go get a, you know, Tony's the guy who had AOL internet for like four years, just off fifteen minute internet CDs from your local grocery store that would be at the front counter at the cashier. Um, for anybody who didn't grow up in the '90s, you'd know nothing about going to the grocery store where you only had to pay cash. They're all right there. He still there has all the AOL discs. <laughs> <laughs> if he runs out of fiber internet. That guy's dialing up one disc for 15 minutes to log you into the internet. Another one to get to your email that you've got. And it'll notify you if you got email, like with words, it's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, the, the computer will talk to you to let you know, uh, we had, there was no speakers in the computer. Somehow it told you, you got mail. Um, it was fantastic. My rave, my rant is going to be about Domino's fucking pizza. So one Tony, I've given up fast foods. Uh, so we don't do fast food. Um, anymore i don't do drive-thrus is what i don't do because okay. one i don't know what it is dude just think about this next time you're driving by somewhere and there's a drive-thru just think about how depressing it looks like that long ass drive-thru line of people just waiting for like the shittiest food that they can get that they're going to pay like 40 bucks for or whatever right it just looks depressing to see like like outside of let's say arby's and granted, you'll never see a line outside of Arby's, right? But for some <laughs> some reason, there's a line of seven cars, and it takes forever to get your food. And then you're going to take it somewhere. And by the time you take it somewhere, it's cold or whatever like that. And then your order's fucking wrong. And so you can't go back and get it or anything like that. Or you're like the McDonald's here by our house, uh, the one down uh, Constitution and Powers mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs, if you're from the Springs. You could be the only car in the drive-thru, Tony. You'll get up to the window to get your food. They'll ask you to pull around. Mm. Fuck you. No, I want to stay here. Because then you pull around, and then they don't even bring everything for your order. So you look through the bag, and it's like, yo, I'm missing this. You got to wait another five minutes for the person who doesn't give a shit about actually giving good customer service to go all the way back in there, bitch Mm. about, oh, this guy didn't get his fucking sweet and sour sauce. No, I ordered (laughs) this shit, and you're making me pay 25 cents for it. Just bring me the shit I asked for. So I don't do fast foods anymore or whatever like that. And okay. I don't do drive throughs right? I got to go into a place or whatever like that. Um, one exception, Chick-fil-A. I will go to Chick-fil-A, but I'll sit inside Chick-fil-A. It's a very good experience. Um, and they have a sign on one of their glasses, and it says, um, enjoy the little things or whatever, right? And it just makes me smile if I go in there. Sure. Uh, but I don't do that hardly ever. Um, but – during snow day, I believe this was Sunday. Was I? I was at your house Saturday. So Sunday, it's just freezing cold, and I just wanted to lay around, and I didn't want to cook. And I got a bunch of groceries, but I didn't want to cook. So I'm like, you know what? Hey kids, let's order some Domino's pizza, right? And I was like, this would be a fun time or whatever like that. So I order pizza for me. You get the like five ninety nine, six ninety nine for you know one yeah, two yeah. three type of thing. Mix and match. Yeah. So I get a pizza. My oldest daughter gets a pizza that she likes, and my youngest daughter just wants to get the chicken, the boneless chicken or whatever like that, right? And we got some rice, so she'll eat it with that or whatever. So 40 minutes goes by, my order comes, and the boxes are all the right boxes. And I don't know anybody who checks their order at the door to make sure it's their order. May I? Maybe I should have done this because I get back, and in the chicken box is uh, – the hot wings. So they're actually buffalo wings. My six-year-old daughter's not going to eat buffalo wings. Like, she just can't take it, right? Open up the pizza mm-hmm. boxes. They're not my pizzas. I look at the 
receipt that's there because it's so dark outside that when I signed it or whatever like that, uh, didn't see the name or the order. Just, okay, yep, it's the same price because the person has the same things, right? Three for three things. Yeah. Um, didn't get the right order. I got someone else's order. So I'm like, God damn, what the fuck? So I go to the app, whatever, because I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll see if there's a thing to be like, yo, I didn't get my order or whatever like that, right? Um, Domino's Pizza... If you order the wrong thing, uh, they will reward you with 40 Domino's points, which is the equivalent of two-thirds of a medium-sized pizza. Or you can get a voucher for one large pizza up to three toppings. I just spent $30, and I like I like tipping. I like tipping. That's like one of my favorite things to do. So I give the driver 20 bucks. Hey, it's it feels like negative 20 out here. You're over here driving, delivering me food. I don't have to go out. 20 bucks. You're feeling miserable. Maybe this brings some joy to your life. And the lady was like, wait, all of it? Are you serious? Like, I was like, yeah, it's yours. You know, was, oh, thanks so much. You know, whatever like that. Mm -hmm. That Maybe that changes her night. Maybe that changes her day, how she's a giving person later on in life or whatever like that, right? Um, so nothing, right? I'm like, fuck this. I'm calling the Domino's. So I call. I get on the phone. There's this dude who's like in a complete panic because they're getting a bunch of orders. He's sweating. You can tell he's sweating. He's breathing hard. And I'm like, yo. Uh, I just received somebody else's order. Here's the name of the person and their order. Uh, here's my name or whatever like that. Um, maybe the driver hasn't gotten to there, but I have someone else's order or whatever like that. Okay, what would you like me to do about it? And you can tell he's like busy and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, what can I do about it, right? And he's like, well, I can refund you or I can just we could just remake it, right, and deliver it or whatever. I was like, yeah, can you just remake it? Because honestly, I didn't want to eat anything that that I had. It was just disgusting. Like, I forget what it was, but it was gross. Um, so he's like, yeah, but it's going to be a little bit, uh, it's going to it's gonna take some time on a, on a remake or whatever like that. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever, right? So we'll eat a little bit of this or whatever like that. Maybe that's immoral. I don't know, whatever, right? But in that instance, Tony, what you should do is just take the refund and then reorder it and pay for it again because it was 6.30. Domino's wow. Pizza. Domino's Pizza, the one Barnes & Tut right down the road from uh, me. I, I know which one. Right? Domino's Pizza closes at 1 a.m. Can you guess what time my remade order came to my house? 11. My remade order as of Wednesday, 11 p.m. has not showed up to my house. <laughs> I haven't gotten the fucking food. I stayed up till 1.30 in the morning on principle. Oh, my God. Thinking, you know what? If they try to come over here and knock and say, hey, we tried to deliver or whatever like that. Yeah, no, yeah. fuck you. Never came back to my house with a remade order. It pissed me off. And it, it made me so mad because I've been on this rant about, like, customer service. And if you don't yeah. want to do it, like, go find other jobs if you don't want to handle customers. Yeah. And I'm on a heater because I want to bitch about next week teaser. I'm going to bitch about self fucking checkout. Like <laughs> I'm son of a bitch. Uh, I want to do, I talked to my dad on the way home from work today and it's like a 25 minute drive. Right. And I went to the school cause my daughter had basketball practice, caught the tail end of it. Um, it was a 40 minute drive to the school and I bitched for 40 minutes about Seth checkout to my dad. I will cut it down for next week. We're always at an hour 30 now because I can't shut up. Rapid fire coaching carousel that took 25 minutes. Congratulations, so, Nate. 
So can I continue? Can I rant with you about please, that Domino's? So please. I, I go into that Domino's. That's the closest one to where I live. I live close to Nate. Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense coming from the gym. I get pizza after the gym. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, it's got all the the whole food pyramid, <laughs> dude. The whole food pyramid's but there. It, it's like a Mon- Monday night football after the gym. I pick it up. We watch football. We have pizza. It was the thing for this season. Kids, mm. kids love it. Uh, it's easy. It's Monday. It's like, all right, we got something quick for dinner. Uh, Mondays suck, right? But I go in because I'm, I'm a cheap ass if you've been paying attention. Yeah. Because I don't have to tip if they drop it off. They ask, or, yeah. oh, it's going to ask you something. The motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> I know what it's going to ask me. And it's going to be zero because I'm picking this up. You're not delivering it. But uh, so I go there to get my order. I'll often order at the gym. Gym's 10 minutes from Domino's. So I'll show up before it's done. <clears throat> so I will see it sometimes. My Like my pizza's going through their oven, right? You can yeah. see that. You can see their kitchen. So I get thin crust. Um, thin crust should be crispy, right? It's on like cracker type dough right after it's yep. cooked. Uh, they are always slammed, dude. Like that Domino's is very busy. It's just our, where we live uh, in Colorado Springs, it's all houses. So yeah. I don't know, 100,000, 200, like, I don't know, there's a couple hundred yeah. thousand people because there's tens of thousands of houses, right? It's just all houses, not a lot of businesses. So that Domino's, um, they are always slammed. But I always see my pizza just sitting there, like thin crust at the edge of the oven, still being cooked at yeah. 400, 500, <laughs> whatever their stove. I know it's hot. It's like probably like 900. It's thin crust. So like it's been burned multiple times. And I'll sit there and be like, this is burned. I can see it from here. It's It was sitting yeah. in the oven for like five extra minutes. Can you guys do another one? And they do the same thing. They're like, well, what do you want us to do? I was like, put another one in and, and yeah. take it out when it's done. <laughs> like I, I do, I say all this like with the nicest face I can, but like I got RBF, right? I got, yeah. I got hostile resting face, resting bitch face. And so like, there's nothing they can do because I'm standing right. I can see them. They're not spitting it. I can see everything they're doing, but yeah, yeah Dom, that Domino's specifically, I don't know what their management's doing, but they're fucking up. Uh, and I probably need to go somewhere else. I don't know what else we have close to us. Luis, Luis, I think, is on Stetson Hills. Maybe that's the yeah. option. I don't know, man. But I, I'm with you on Domino's. It pisses me off because they have a really good, like, garlic butter type crust or whatever like that. It's actually pretty fucking tasty yeah. for, you know, chain pizza or whatever you want to say, right? It's it's safe. It's a safe option, usually. The safest option is Little Caesars. Like take, take and, That stuff's not even hot and ready anymore. It's, it's not it's, that's it's not ready. It's not hot because they haven't cooked it yet and it's not ready. You go yeah. and you have to sit and wait for 10 minutes. That's the only thing that bugs me about it. Like, yo, I love and and the one up there, um, Stetson Hills has a drive through in it. That's but you drive through yeah. and you have to park because the pizza's not ready. You got to wait 10 minutes. Like, what are we doing here? Um, but they're pretty consistent. Official pizza partner of the NFL, not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> that's like our that's our that's our Thursday night thing. So Thursday night football was always pizza or whatever like go. that because then we could leftover it for Friday and I don't have to cook and that makes just sense. chill. So, um, yeah, that was fun. Uh, tune in next week for self checkout rant by Nate. So, uh, so our clock, as we've actually recorded this one, is an hour thirty. What are we at total, Nate? That's this is insane. Four and a half hours. Four. We decided we were going to record super early so that. Um, you know, we can get to bed a little earlier because a lot of times we start recording at like nine thirty, and then we're done by eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. What happened? The football podcast gods said, "Nope, you will be done at eleven o'clock." You think that if you bring in Mike McCarthy one more year, it's gonna get better <laughs> here because you have a trajectory? Nope. No. Same old shit. Different SOS. day. SOS. Same old shit, different day. Thanks for everybody for listening. If you are still here, congrats to Nick on winning a championship. I know Nick's still here because he always listens to the whole thing, always comments, or he he sends me a text about the 
the episode mm-hmm. every now and then or whatever like that. But uh, if you're not subscribed to the channel, please subscribe to the channel on YouTube at Taco Corp Sports. And whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we thank you. It's fun doing this stuff. We just like talking to each other. And this is one of the only times all week we talk to each other other than, hey, I sent you some notes or this is what we're going to do. <laughs> or whatever like that. And we live less than a mile away from each other, Tony. And we work less than half a mile away from each other. Also, um, I could probably throw something at your car from my building. I got a cannon for arm, so don't tell me I can't throw half a mile. Um, I have thrown a pigskin pigskin over Pikes Peak from my house, okay. just like Uncle Rico. <laughs> uh, but leave a review, um, you know, five stars if you want. Uh, Grandma said, "Don't if you ain't got nothing else nice to say, don't say anything at all." Um, but if you're gonna leave a one star one, leave a really nice review with a one star, so people are like, "Oh, that was kind of a joke or whatever like that." But it helps us in the algorithms get seen by more people if you like watching this stuff. Uh, banger of the week where I belong. This is going to be the song that every head coach who's looking for a job right now with all these head coach, op- head, head coach job openings, uh, is singing as they walk into the general manager's office, maybe except for Carolina. Cause I don't know if anybody's going to interview for that. Uh, it's by Rex life rash for Tony. I'm Nate taco corp episode 132 in the books. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.